0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Coach with Mark and Carolyn, the, thing, the show that brings you the best from the professional coaching world uh, for you to use in your everyday life. Uh, thank you for joining me, Mark Thorne, and my co-host, Carolyn Allen. Um We are both lucky and privileged to be professional coaches. Uh, Carolyn is a career, life, and leadership coach. Uh, I do uh, leadership and executive coaching. Uh, we both love what we do. Uh, we like this show. We enjoy uh, meeting with our guests. Uh, we are lucky enough today to bring back uh, what may be Carolyn's favorite guest, um, head football coach at, uh, at Calvert High School in Prince Frederick, Maryland, Rick Steen. Uh, as always, we're looking forward to a uh, very exciting show with Rick. Um, he's always a heck of a lot of fun to have on the show. Uh but uh Carolyn and I uh, love what we do. Uh we 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 love the coaching world. We love uh helping people to raise their game for the next level. Uh it's just such a pleasure to work with great people and help them become better. Uh but our show talks about some of the some of the things that are out there in the uh coaching world. Um We also like to bring ideas for small business people. Um, Most coaches are, in fact, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs in most cases. Uh, So we like to bring them ideas to uh, make their lives and their businesses run better. (laughs) And then sort of what's become the overarching theme of our show is uh, paying it forward. Carol and I both believe in that. We both practice it. Uh, I'm heavily involved in the nonprofit world. Uh, do some nonprofit uh, consulting in, in addition to my coaching. Uh, and so I uh, love to, uh, to deal with nonprofits, work with nonprofits. I think they make a difference. Uh, what we're going to talk about a bit today is, is really nonprofit, what, uh, what, what, what Rick does in, uh, in the uh, public high school in his coaching capacity. Uh, as, the, as the head football coach, is 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 nonprofit work r- r- at He does a whole heck of a lot more um, than most people realize. Um, uh, he is he is he is not a wins and losses guy on the field, though he's done a wonderful job with uh, with the wins and losses and bringing his program along, also. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit. I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, Uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks for me, uh, working with my clients, both my individual coaching clients and my nonprofit clients. Uh, Always fun, always exciting. Uh, I got to spend this morning doing one of my favorite things. Um, I I do, uh, with all of my clients, um, offer them the opportunity to um, do some self- Assessment and some learning. Uh, one of the tools that I use is the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Uh, and uh, spent this morning working through Myers-Briggs with uh, Coach Sneed and uh, Stuart Brooks, um, one of Rick's assistant coaches and former players and a, and a, 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 a very good friend of both of us. Um, it was a heck of a lot of fun for me. Um, I think enlightening for Rick and Stu. Uh, hopefully they uh learn some things uh that were quite enjoyable. So we we just we we do that and uh and, and really had a heck of a lot of fun and, and got a chance to talk about how, how Rick can use this further um as he develops both his players and his coaching staff. Um so a really fun morning for me. Um something I would I again just 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 love doing and and uh, never pass on the opportunity to do it. It's really a nice tool for learning about yourself and learning how to deal better in the in the world that um, that uh, most people don't get the opportunity to do. So we've enjoyed that. Um, so uh, welcome to the show. Uh, if you want to call in and join us today, the call in number. Uh, for our guest is 773-897-6124 uh, You can call that number and just listen or you can call the number and we can bring you into the studio and uh, you can talk to our guest Rick Sneed or you can talk to Carolyn and myself whether it be about uh, what we're talking about on the show today or um, or just being on our radio show. We always uh, love to have callers and uh Love to have our guests join us. Um, Callan has been a little bit delayed. Uh, she is on the way into the studio. Uh, she'll join us here shortly. Um, but uh, you can uh, you can reach me uh, outside of 12 to 1 on Wednesdays uh, at 301-717-1185. Uh, or you can send me an email at DM foreign at or you can find me on social media. Uh, if you would, um, like to call in again, uh, and talk to us live, that number is seven, seven, three, six, one, two, four. Um, and Carolyn wanted me to make sure that I mentioned that, uh, she's got an update on the pink event. One of my favorite things to talk about on the show. Um, so, uh, We'll be, we'll be looking forward to hearing about that when Carolyn joins us in the studio. Uh, but in any event, I'm, I'm here with Rick. Um, I had the privilege uh, of working with Rick in a football coaching capacity, uh, God, several times over the years. Uh, we, we were together at, at Huntingtown uh, or at Counter High School back in the early 2000s. Um, I joined them briefly at Huntingtown later, and uh, I was one of Rick's coaching staff. Um, starting in 2011 when Rick took over the program at Calvert High School. Um, Rick is an excellent football coach. He's got tremendous knowledge. Um, he is a certified strength and conditioning coach, um, does great things there, uh, uh, has has gotten the Calvert program uh, into the uh, playoffs, um, just has done a wonderful job with the X's and O's. Um, but I think more importantly than all of that is the work that Rick does um, to change the lives of the young people that he works with, um, generally with his football players, but there are also some ladies that do some training with him and the, and the, and the, and the, and the uh, football team. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But Rick's purpose is really to use football as a vehicle to in, to to make changes in young people's lives and to help them to become leaders. Um, it's a it's a somewhat different mindset than you see uh, with many many athletic programs. Uh, Rick is is very passionate about doing that about making lives better. He's also passionate about getting. The, the, the kids and the team involved in the, in the uh, local community, um, and teaching young people that they can be leaders. Uh, they can be leaders in their own life. They can make the right and the smart choices uh, that they need to make. Uh, and they can be leaders in the, in the, uh, in the uh, bigger world. Um, and it's, 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 it's wonderful to be – it was wonderful for me to be part of that, uh, not something I get to do. Um, anymore because I've uh, changed locations, uh, but uh, it just is a, a truly phenomenal thing that you do, Rick. So thank you for joining us on the show. Um, happy to have you here, um, and welcome. So uh, what's new with the Calvert Football Program?
1: First off, Mark, thanks you for the introduction, and uh, I'm excited as always to be a part of this show. To spend time with you and Carol is always something that helps me self-reflect on what we're doing. Um, but also, um, I also enjoy sharing our message, and hopefully, we can lighten others on, on what we're trying to do. Maybe serving different people through sports. We um, got our football and our school programs going well. I'm um, are excited. There's been some leadership changes in our pro uh, in our school. As so we've got a new principal, I'm extremely excited about. Uh, Mr. Lucas or Master Sergeant Lucas coming on board and becoming new principal we will dearly miss Dr. Johnson. Um, In the last year we've also had a replacement athletic director as a new leader. He's a former graduate of Calvary High School and Jason Cranford has done a phenomenal job as well underneath his leadership and uh, Master Sergeant Lucas is I'm excited to see what happens in the future of our community and our program. But specifically about Calvary football we're now going into our sixth season and uh the, the realization of our mission statement has just become more and more aware and apparent to not only me and our coaches, but our community. And uh, we have a new uh, initiative that we stood out for um, to try to, again, not just use our program to intentionally transform and change the lives of the kids in it, but to empower our kids to hopefully go out and be used to change and influence and impact people in their community, um, you know, ultimately I think that's what our responsibilities are as human beings is to um, go out there and replicate some of the goodness and the love that we each have into other people. And uh, certainly, as a coach, one person, I can't reach each person with the adequate amount of depth to help impact them forever. Um, we have to charge our kids and the coaches, and then ultimately have them charge the people and their families in the community to go out there and live that type of life. So uh, we're, we're on the to of something pretty cool this summer, and I don't know if that's what your reference to Mark. I can get
0: into that unless you do the question. I have a ton of questions, Carol, Just so you know, you are you are you are live and in the uh, studio at the. meeting. I, I don't know if you realize I using the on.
2: No, I did not. I've been waiting for that, so yeah. that's why I was texting questions.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> you are you are you are live in the uh, studio. We're actually. We're actually micing um, in over the uh, salt. I didn't. I didn't see your text, but uh, but you are you are in fact live. So <laughs> thank welcome. you, thank you.
2: I'm Rick.
0: <laughs> Hello, Carol, How are you?
2: Wonderful. Glad to have you here with us.
0: It's exciting
1: to be with you guys again.
2: <laughs> we always look forward to this time of year when you join us, and as we hear how you are prepping a team and all the wonderful things that you've done over the summer.
1: Oh, I appreciate
0: it. We're excited to share it too, and thank you for the invitation. So Rick, t- tell us about this this new idea that you have, and, and 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 how you're making that real, and how you expect that to to affect the lives of the of the young people you're working with. Hey, Mark, th- this new
1: thing that we're doing is is we're real excited about it, and uh, you know what it is is that. When we started our program, as Mark was on that, you know, uh, founding foundation of what we were trying to do—living and, and, and preaching and coaching football—and I mean, it's a totally different philosophy. You know, our, our mission statement in the coaches' trying to use football to intentionally impact the kids in our program, to now impacting everybody around us, and uh, and so we've tried to do that, and then through our, our social media, which again I think sometimes social media can get a negative slant, sometimes rightly so. On um, our social media device, uh, there was a gentleman named, by the name of Bernie Fowler, who uh, now runs and operates a nonprofit called Fund for Hunger, which is an organization uh, that started with uh, growing food and substance to help hungry people in our own community. And it's exploded. It's exploded into many different levels, uh, where we have a uh, at, at the farm there is a. Um, Drug addiction walk. There's a wall of memory for those who have suffered from addictions in the past. Um, so there's awareness that we bring there. He brings kids in from and kids and folks in the drug court to help rehabilitate them. <laughs> he has upwards of almost 14 um, inmates, incarcerated inmates, that actually work the farm as part of their rehabilitated state as well. Um, and their stories and their, their their growth and their changes is just unbelievably a part of. Um, and then, of course, there's the food component that he's able to produce uh, through the farm and help feed so many people around us. But, um, so he sees that, and, and in a process of him buying this farm so he can do all this stuff, he's approached by a friend of his um, from uh, the uh, Nashville area who's part of um, Garth Brooks' uh, Country music Camp, and he comes up to the farm and notices the wide, spacious area and says, you know, I have a football background, I played at Ole Miss, I can see this whole landscape being used for camps, the reaching kids um, for sports. And as all of us know and understand, athletics and music and entertainment are some of the driving forces of people in today's society. I mean, these are the things that a lot of people, um, young and old, look up to, and they form their role models and sometimes emulate the behavior of these people and these various. And so uh, personally, I believe, as an athlete, you, know, you have a charge and a responsibility to uphold high qualities of value and morals as a leader in the community. So, long story short of it, he sees through social media things that we're doing through Coward Football, and uh, he, he just wants to uncover and talk about things three years ago and we figure out well, what we can do with aligning the principles and values that we have through Calvert Football and bringing to uh, his, his farm. And uh, it was a new scope for me in our program. But I said, you know what we can do? I do know how to run a football camp. We've done that in a couple of times. I said, maybe we can bring our football camp to your farm, and then we can draw our community to your farm so you can see the food, the faith, um, the joy, uh, all the things that can come out of the experience, the spirit coming out of your farm. And you know, he, he liked it. And uh, we are running a camp there. Now going into the night, we've got a third year being the farm. We've averaged over 100 kids, 115 kids each season, and um, it's truly an unbelievable experience. Um, and so that, that in itself is cool, but it's, it's only obviously reaching the demographic through our football program and the football communities around us. So Bernie and I had in our mind that we wanted to be more intentional. The people um, in the camp of Garth Brooks um, that we, we know, they want, to, they want to see something big. They feel like we could do something big ourselves uh, with what we do for fellow Christian athletes, again, the angle of directing athletes to be more familiar um, in their communities and charging them with the purpose of mission, we're like, we got to come up with something, and we got to hit the ground going with it. Now. So we all happened pretty quick. And so from this, the whole, um, the whole idea this summit was created, and it's called Living Beyond the Game Summit, and it's July 30th. And uh, this summit... What it does is going to entail the fact that we are, you know, using all the components that exist here at this farm, and we are inviting high school athletes, and we are trying to not only impact them and help them see a more purpose-driven life beyond the game. We want them to leave the farm with the initiative and inspiration to go out there and use what they gain from this experience to change their communities. Um, the morning is going to start with a uh, a wounded warrior from Operation Endurance Warriors. Uh, he's also an um, adaptive physical athlete that does competitions. He's going to speak the true sacrifice, uh, ultimately not just going out and playing and suffering through blood, sweat, and tears on the gridiron or basketball court, but doing it on the battlefield for the sanctity of this country and for the people who live in. And then we've got this group called TeamWorks coming in that I've experienced through fellowship and athletes out in um, Northern Baltimore, than Frederick, Maryland. They're going to come in, and they are so dynamic. They come up with all kinds of great ways to bring people together in just in a creative way. I, I can't even explain it. I mean, it'd be even foolish for us to even try to replicate this in our own way. But they're going to bring attention to bringing people together. And then we're going to literally, in the, in, in the action of bringing them together, we're going to be separating them from the schools. So we're guessing we're going to get a draw from 14 different high schools, and we don't want the kids to show up as Calvin High School or as Westlake High School. We want to separate them and have them come in just as an athlete um, that's looking to grow and become better. And then what we're going to do is the kids aren't going to quite know at they're But In their four groups that we're going to create, there's going to be inmates that are going to be in those groups with them. And and those inmates are going to go through the trials and the, the exercises of the day with them so they can kind of share and partake in it. And we're going to then separate them with their inmates their, and with, with their mentors and coaches into accordance and in group and they're going to rotate through four stations. The four stations are going to include one, an actual food drop. So the kids are going to have thirty minutes at a food drop where they're actually going to pass out food to people who are hungry in our community. Right there in our community. I mean oftentimes um, we go to, to D C or we go to a local um, you know, a uh, uh, city, and we might hand out food or work a soup kitchen. And it a little sensitivity, Tom, um, because we can see that there's hungry people out there. But I think there's a more um, humbling experience when you actually realize that if people are hungry who need live next door to you. And so they're going to do that. And then there's going to be a, a part where you rotate through a station and you're actually on a competition because it's athletic-based. So once the kids go out and enjoy the athletic spirit, and they're going to go through a farm, and they're going to actually harvest potatoes and corn, and they're going to have a competition on the amount of pounds they can pull in a certain amount of time for 30 minutes. And then there's a third uh, third station they're going to go through where they're actually have some time of life sharing with the inmates in their group. And uh, I can tell you personally, as I'm sure that you guys will experience, i try to share the difficult uh, consequences of decision-making, um,
0: in, in our lives. And
1: I think that as a coach, you know, you're responsible to do that. But I don't think anything resonates more clearly than having a kid and listen to a young man who has walked in their shoes, who has had the opportunity to make the same exact decisions they are, who may have been an athlete, uh, but chose a very different path and has suffered consequences of that. And now they're in a rebuild of state, and also even though they are incarcerated – they are now finding their true gifts, and they're able to use their story to help impact others' lives. And I think that can resonate with our young people so clearly because, again, they're, they're talking to people who actually live life of, of those type of decisions and consequences from that. And then the Ford Station, we have a guy named Tony that he runs one day at a time life fitness, and uh, he works out of out his home, and he also works there out of um, the farm, And Tony's going to actually share about feeding the body both physically and spiritually. Uh, He'll talk about some real-life issues with substance abuse that he had in his own life that almost costed his life and his family. And then also talk about how he's transformed that into doing something better for his body. So they're going to go through all four of those stations, all the kids will, and then we're going to break for lunch. Now, the most difficult thing that we're now at in our, our planning process of this whole event was that Bernie Fowler and I knew that we had to get this thing going. We put this thing together quick, and so we uh, didn't have the resources to create registration. We don't want to make it cost uh, costly. In fact, we're doing everything free. We've found donors to take care of some of the, the nuances of me also something in this type of endeavor, but we don't have a registry, <laughs> so we don't know how many kids are coming. but We've gotten a lot of good input and insight that there's a lot of excitement bring around this. Uh, and so next year, the plans as this thing evolves into something bigger uh, will we, we'll also require us uh, to create some type of registry, which we'll do through Excel Camps, uh, with Dominic Zacharelli. He's very supportive of what we're doing, and he also helps run um, the administration for our youth camp that we're doing this evening. But so he's going to provide, Bernie Fountain's going to provide lunch for every kid in coach care. And so we're going to break bread together. We're going to eat together. We're going to detach from our phones. We're going to unpack what we did that morning and Jordan for the fellowship. And then after that, teamwork is going to get together again, put the kids through another team-building activity. And then Tony is going to take them through an obstacle course like uh, Slash at the competition, Uh, again, developing that competition element with the athletes again. And then we're going to conclude with two key pieces to the afternoon. Bill Burkoffer, who is the uh, campus SCA director, a Fellow Christian Athlete Director with the Colorado Buffaloes that's University of Colorado. He's coming back to Maryland where he spent a lot of time here as a Southern Maryland FCA Director um, to speak to our kids and our people in our community literally about living beyond the game. The same message he's delivering to the collegiate athletes as they embark on their next big adventure as they they graduate from college. And then lastly, we're going to break the kids down back into small groups, no more than 10 per group. And... um, we're going to have mentors and coaches kind of lead them through a, a half an hour with a debriefing, or unpacking, with some guidance instructions and questions. These kids can kind of start the process what they've gone through and also understand how they can practically apply this to their communities when they go back. So we, we can kind of take this whole thing and charge kids with a purpose and a value of what they've learned to implement that in their own communities, be it say, hey, we're going back to Chopston High School and we wouldn't want a food drop there. Easily enough, we can tag them into that. Hey, I've got kids on my team who, who are suffering from drug abuse. How can we, what can we do to help them out with that? We can tag them into that. You know, all these type of resources we want to help employ the kids to go back as the athletic leaders of the community because the walking always in their jerseys could be the ones that people look up to to help be that, that, that kind of catalyst in their community to help charge for a, a, a more purposeful and better life. So that's happening on July 30th, and we're extremely excited about it. Uh, obviously, as everything else goes, it couldn't happen at a more busier time. Uh, we're finishing. We're going to do camp this week, and we take our kids to King, King at Shepherd University next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We have a lift on Thursday and Friday to get a break, and then Saturday we are in the, uh, the July 30th Beyond the Game Summit, which we're excited about, but it's busy. And, um, and then we culminate the week, uh, my wife and I get away, do a little vacation, um, and then we have to drive to Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, Mark did a fabulous job of illustrating one of the, the neat little um, uh, celebrations that we had this past spring, and that one of our players, Joey Osborne, was recognized by the Army of Excellence Award from the U.S. Army um, and was inducted into the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, of excellence. He's only one of 20 athletes in the entire United States to receive that award award. Nero Green came to the school and presented the award to him, and uh, we're excited to honor him in that, and so we are invited to Canton, Ohio, right before football starts, to be a part of the celebration out there with um, all the Hall of Fameers that are getting inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. And um, to see if Joey, in fact, is the finalist out of how the 20 selects in the United States. And so that's going to be an exciting weekend, too. Um, but again, uh, nothing short of uh, busy, as it always is. And uh, so being able to take some time to relax and talk to you guys about this long one is always nice because it gives me some time to reflect on all the cool things that's going on in our community and our program.
2: I think there's a living beyond. I think that the Living Beyond the Game Summit is a wonderful, awesome idea, especially right now with the team building and bringing the different schools together. Because I know, you know, growing up, there's always those the rivalry teams and the differences and the neighborhoods they grow in and it's grow up in and the different backgrounds. But I'm just curious: is it a is it the summit just for Football players, or you can have different sports there as well from the different schools. Or I know you said you didn't have a register, did you didn't even know? No,
1: <laughs> so we, we open this up. Um, and what I'll do is through um, I post the flyer and I'll make sure that, that Mark gets the flyer. Um, but this is for all high school athletes and their coaches and family. Um, our vision in this is that we want to kind of create as like a revival type of idea that maybe down the road is a Thursday, Friday evening thing, maybe a Thursday night to middle school, maybe a Friday night to high school, or maybe it's a culminating event with both groups on both nights. Then Saturday, we, we culminate the day with bringing the entire family in, but it's for all athletes. We have a strong contingency of female athletes, male athletes, from all different sports that are going to be coming in on that day to, uh, to hopefully be moved in a special way.
2: That's awesome, especially that it's not just the male athletes. You have the female athletes coming together. Because there's dynamics that need to occur beyond the game when it comes there with the interaction between, you know, the males and the females. And I think, again, especially today when we've lost so much respect for each other. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, Mark will tell you that um,
1: my charge with using football to impact lives and stuff began back a long time ago I felt like, Uh, the integrity of of men has fallen short and and we were losing the battle at home and the workforce. And so coaching high school football was a way of of helping doctors be an influence and a change in that. But on the other token, a part of that responsibility is men is, is a lot of young men didn't know how to respect and treat females. And conversely, I don't know that females always understand the way they're supposed to be treated. And so, this past year, we reported this past summer that we've ramped up our numbers in the weight room during the summer to about 100 athletes a night. And 30 of them are females because our, our female uh, soccer coach has taken the initiative to say that we enjoy what Coach Steve's trying to do and what they're trying to do in that weight room and on that last season training program. And it's something that our girls think be part of because we want to build a community here. And so by him charging that and ensuring his girls are there each night, it's really broken down the barriers around our young ladies to be confident We've had four or five different sports teams represented in our weight room this summer alone
0: alongside
1: of our, our male football players and soccer players and cross players. Um, and it's just been a rewarding experience because you can see pretty quickly that the, the uh, trials and tribulations exist out there on, the, on the, the field and in that weight room, the temperatures, and with the, the terrific demands we put on them, that it, it's no longer recognized as you female, you're a male. We're all athletes trying to grind through this and get better and there's a mutual respect that's gained. And so it's, it's kind of a cool thing to see for us as, as coaches. So to have that piece start in the summer and then embark on this, this new venture here on July 30th, I'm pretty excited to see how we can do this together. And then we've done a lot of things at leadership camps where we see themselves go to leadership teams, and, and there's been female and male athletes there alike. Uh, but there are for male athletes and four female athletes, which I think is important, too, but there's happy dynamic where we can do things alongside of each other?
0: Rick, I know that, that you have a strong faith. Um, you know, when you you're using a lot of resources, um, but you're looking bigger than that. This is this is not necessarily face faith, faith based, but a very spiritual experience that you're looking to bring to people. How do you how do you bring that out to broaden the the appeal of what you're doing beyond something that's that face face based.
1: Great question, um, and and I've had a lot of inter perspective on this this topic here because you know I, I do I am unashamedly uh, admit to all of my uh, parents and players and to I'm yeah. that I do have a strong faith that, uh, and that and do that simply because I want people to understand that the reason why I make the decisions that I make, the reason why I, I do the things I do, the moral and values that I try to uphold to myself and try to guide my program comes to my faith. Um, but I don't try to impose my faith. I realize in today's world and, and today's America, um, I, I can feel that the separation and the dissension between people and both cultures uh, and race and, and, and socioeconomic differences, all those areas um sometimes the last people the last thing people want to hear is then um they're wrong because they don't with their faith or uh because they're not following this this um ideology in the bible that, that they're wrong and, and it's kind of reemphasized the idea and notion that first and foremost, if you want to help impose change or if you want to help um, incite um a more positive points in someone's life, it starts with true, genuine relationships built around love. And uh, and so Bernie's Farm, again, Bernie shares the same kind of faith that I have. In. And our program, it's all built around love. Everything we do comes from us loving the people who we're serving through servant leadership. Uh, and it's just evolved in helping a lot of different people in different areas of lives and in different journeys. And it just so happens that You know, the farm for itself obviously helps the people who are hungry. It helps the people who have issues with drug addiction. It helps the people that are incarcerated. And you know what What most people don't realize is it helps the people who are looking for a purpose in their life. It helps Mm the people who are wandering around the world and don't understand what they're here for. They're getting caught up in all the social negativity. They're getting caught up in the differences that we have. And and, and and they get away from that and they find that, you know what, there's a commonality between me and even an incarcerated individual or me and even someone who's less fortunate with me and is hungry or me and someone suffering from addiction and that we can love each other and we can learn from each other. And then there's this blessing that happens as a result of someone who's able to humble themselves to a point to reach out and help someone else. And then they realize how they've been helped in the process. And so... To me, that's a very spiritual experience, and I think that no matter where you come from, no matter what faith we assume you come from, anybody and everybody can experience that same type of joy and peace of being able to, to love other people and to grow in that process. And that's very much what we're trying to do through our program. Um, we're trying to invite those type of things to our kids, and now we want our kids to go out there and be used to, use to inspire and and, and, and to help people in their communities, with their families and their communities, feel and do the same thing, um, one relationship at a time, one person at a time. And so, uh, you know, I, I do believe, like I said, in, in my faith, and I believe in my relationship with Jesus Christ and my Savior, um, but I, I, I'm not trying to go out there and, and pose or pose my faith and no will on anybody else. I just want to go out there and, and live a life of purposely loving other people and helping other people. And you know what? Maybe people will find the faith that I found through that. Um, But that's not on me to to, to do myself, Um, that's a God thing, Uh, but that's where it kind of derives from. We're hoping that through this, um, that the walls and the barriers are broken down. Because, you know, like you said a a minute ago, Carol, it's females, it's males, it's different schools, it's different cultures, it's different social economic backgrounds, it's different Everything. And we're coming together in a day, taking athletes, coming together in a day, and doing something with purpose that we all can share in the responsibility of helping other people. And there uh, isn't a day I don't think it's more dire for that technique than it is today.
2: You know, it's funny that I just had a similar conversation this weekend with someone, um, actually a local uh, DJ, and one of the things that we were, we were talking about was the absence of love. That a lot of people are doing things, but they're not doing it from, from. There's an agenda behind it, or there's some ulterior motive. But we're not really love is what's missing, you know, love for our, you know, our fellow mankind, being able to really help each other from this place. So I, I truly love what you're saying right now. Uh, that that that's where you're coming from. That you know the people you're working with to be able to reach. And break down some of the walls that are just right now, they're being built so high, that you really have a challenge ahead of you.
1: Sure. And and I think that you know, we're, we're not trying to approach it with telling people they're wrong and what they're thinking or feeling. You know, we're, what we're doing is we're trying to approach it with, hey, you might be hurting. There's people in your community that are hurting. Um, and just, let's focus our energy on helping other people. Um, I'm not... I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to – we're, we're not trying to directly oppose people's differences. What we're trying to do is come together to fix issues there in our community, and specifically issues of need. All this bickering and that we have uh, amongst each other about the differences that we have doesn't get us anywhere uh, as far as helping the problems that we all have.
2: The football field – is similar in some ways. You, you served in the military as well, so thank you for your service, Semper Fi. And um, when you think about it, in terms of when you get out, you know, and you have that mission to complete, or you're out on that field, you know, the differences go away, and you have to come together as that team to win the game.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and it's funny you say that, and I know I've shared this before, but we try to do as much as we can in our program to drive away the differences, um, right down to, as I shared, and it's a simple story. There's my military uniform background, um, but I shared this this past week when it comes down to our uniform and what, we're, what we want our kids to purchase as far as cleat, how we handle the cleaning and the taking care of, the laundering of our uniforms, It's so that when we go out there on on Friday nights or Thursday afternoons, we all look the same. I don't want anything to happen during that game or during that field to create separation. And uh, most of the time, it's not the kids who have, who who look down on those who don't have. It's normally the ones who don't have that will go on the field and recognize that their jersey might be a little more tattered or dirty or the fact that they may have a cheaper pair of shoes on than the next that will in an instant sometimes make them feel separated or not equal to their counterparts. And and we don't want that. You know, in a space where all things are equal, well, all you do is you show up and you're asked to give your entire best to everything you do. doesn't require that you, you have the best shoes. doesn't require that you have the best this or that. All you're required to do is go out there and give your best and play to your fullest potential. That's what you have. And any kid can do that no matter where they are, where they're coming from, what background they may have had, um, what what type of food they may have for breakfast or not have for breakfast. And so it's a place where we should be able to come together and celebrate that. And uh, it's a big, big, big idea that I know it's difficult for our kids to get as 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders, but I think sooner or later, they might be sitting back at home uh, and they'll reflect and they'll realize that, that, that that's the governing mission between what we're doing.
2: You know, I have before we actually spoke. I, I heard a lot about you, and I got to know you. And over the years, you know, I've watched how you run your team and watched how you work with these uh, young adults. And one thing, you're not just about building athletes; you're about building leaders. So, what do you think is that number one quality that the young leader n- needs to learn?
1: Well, foremost. Every person is a leader, and so you have to decide what kind of leader you're going to be. And uh, if, if you're, if you're uh, the loudest leader with the most negative mission and purpose, uh, you can sometimes get the largest following, and we're leading people to a path of destruction. And conversely, which we're trying to impel our kids to do, is the development leaders, take where they are in their journey, who they are as people, help them see how they can utilize their characteristics and personalities to be the effective leader they can be, but then give them also the positive tools to go out and influence the people in their communities and their families with a positive change. So I think what you first and foremost have to do, is, is you got to first make sure that you give a clear understanding of what they're trying to lead people for, and then secondly, help them see how they can lead underneath the parameters of who they are as people. You know, I, if, if I have a certain character trait and I may be a little bit more quiet than the next, it doesn't make you less leader than the person who's more vocal. You just have a different leadership style. But they're all leaders. Everybody's a leader. It's just making sure that we have them leading the right way and leading the people to the right way. I
2: should say. I'm sitting here smiling because that is the thing, you know, way I teach it, that everyone is a leader and you decide what type of leader you want to be because there's always someone watching you. There's always someone observing you. You may not even realize it, but you're influencing other people and you're leading yourself, the decisions you got to make every day, the decisions of what type of leader you're going to be.
1: And I want kids to understand that no matter where you're coming from, you have a choice, all right? And yet, because because where you might be starting on your journey, it might be more challenging for you than someone else. Everybody has a choice on what type of leader they want to be and how they want to influence and shape other people around them.
0: How do you reach out? You know, you do all these extracurricular things, things that are outside the normal realm of, of football. Because um, we haven't really talked about football at all today, um, not that I expected to. But how do you get outreach to the kids and get them to buy into what you're doing?
1: Good question. I mean, you know, I understand that if I didn't coach football, then I wouldn't have a relationship with probably 100% of these kids. Um, football is something that brings us together. Um, you know, and so um, it brings us together, we quickly realize as coaches and players it's not what keeps us together. And, uh, and so what we do as a buy-in is I charge our coaches, I charge our more senior players, I charge our community family, and I, I try to mention myself every day intentionally. Um, going back to that loving model building relationships, And I recognize that that's not just something you can be, you know, the quote-unquote cavalier about. You can't just go through that path. You've got to be pretty aggressive and intentional about reaching people and having relationships with them. And just as in a marriage, you can't be married to your spouse for just three months of the year. I can't be their coach, their mentor, their friend, their ally, um, only three or four months of the year, which is during football season. And so it's got to be a full year-long deal. Uh, for as long as they're with us. And that way, when they leave, they also know they're still connected to us somehow or another. We bleed blue and gold for our beings and um, from the heart of our brothers and and, and our hearts. And so, you know, long story short of it, there's things that we're constantly doing to try to draw perspective and draw us together. We just recently got back on July 8th, took the uh, seniors away on a uh, senior trip, we started just three years ago. I don't know why. I didn't think of this earlier. We go away to the ocean, a uh, private ocean, more or less, you know, fed down where there's not a lot of uh, distractions, congestion, and, and they're on the beach. Uh, we celebrate and eat, again, eating around the table together, which I think is something that, that today's students are missing. And then we, we come back, and they get they, they in the backyard, and then we go to a local family dinner, uh, the Dunzers, again, around on the table. Kids up to detach from their phones and make them turn their phones off um, with the exception of taking pictures of everybody eating and stuff. And then we go when we play golf, pop up and golf together, and then we release them to the boardwalk. Uh, simple gestures like that where, you know, meeting the coaches and players and kind of can join and, and be together as one uh, outside of the home of football is so important um, to go out and do things like this youth contact camp that we're doing this week and that it's football. But I'm not playing football. I'm not coaching football tonight. Our coaches and our, coach, our our players are going to be the counselors tonight where they're going to mentor and they're going to level these kids from our community, much like the way that we try to level them. And I'm telling you what, it brings a great deal of joy to me and people and our coaching staff and our families to see the kids do this because they are very well emulating what they've seen in us. And so if our kids go out there and represent well, but then we, we can say that we've done a pretty good job of, of loving on our kids. If our kids go out there and don't represent us well, then maybe we need to go back to the drawing board and, and model that loving nature a little bit better for our young people. Um, but we're doing that, and our kids recognize real quick that there's, there's a, a selfless leadership style that we need to take on um, as part of giving back for the community that's given them. We go to the VA home uh, bi-monthly, and I tell you, it's exciting to see that happen. We are talking about talking to old war veterans, and these kids are sitting there intently playing bingo with them and playing porno with them, uncovering unbelievably great stories about these, um, these men and women in their past. And to see our kids, 35, 40 kids on a Saturday, taking up their time to do that, um, it's amazing. And, and, and again, for us to offer the opportunity and for us to share that time with these kids uh, is amazing. But, again, it reemphasizes... You know, the whole bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish for a football program. Uh, there are so many other pieces that we do alongside of that. Um, you know, we take the kids to leadership camp. We take no less than 15 kids every year to probably Christian at the leadership camp. Um, I used to open my house up, and I've got to come up with a way to do it to invite kids over to kind of share. But uh, my house isn't big enough to facilitate 100 kids. And uh, I think when I was assistant coach, I get to the kids over there, but I, I can guarantee that if, if I did this, open it up, about 90% of the kids would come over, which would be an awesome experience, but I just don't have the, the means or facilities to do that, but we got to come up with a way to do that more often. Um, we are trying to create movie nights at the, at the field house in our weight room, or we'll literally put a, a movie team up. There's a great movie called Old Long Out, uh, based on a true story down in Birmingham, Alabama. There's all kinds of racial detention going on, dinner, and people were able to find a way to, to live beyond that. And... Um, make uh, a football game one of the the largest attended high school football games in nation history uh, as a focal point of bringing the communities back together. Uh, And so we want to sit down and be able to to eat some pizza together and watch that together. But these are the ways that we constantly um, draw back to the the essence of us needing each other and and building a relationship and loving each other. This
0: always happens, Is this? This especially happens when Rick's on the show. We're running, we're running up on the end of the show. Um, Rick, how can people find out about what's going on with Calvert football and all these wonderful things that you have going on?
1: We have uh, a couple social media devices. Um, first and foremost, I have an email account. It's uh, sweetr at calvertfootball and then uh, that's my email. Um, of course i have no problem giving my cell phone up as well it 's four one zero four seven four six two eight two and then we have our website which is www.calvertfootball.com. We have a Twitter page which is at Calvert football we have an instagram account which is calvert underscore football and uh Again, we just hope that those types of avenues of resources would be used by anybody to hopefully maybe get some ideas. Uh, But more importantly, if anything that I have said or or, or talked about, uh, you know, could be improved upon based upon something that you or someone else may have done in your community, I'm always open to ideas. Uh, You know, I'm not as refined as I'd like to be, I'm certainly not perfect. And so... Any ways that I can improve upon what we're trying to do to reach more people, I'm always open to.
0: One of the let's coach rules is Carolyn always gets the last question or comment. So, Carolyn, it's yours. Are you still there? Hold on a second. Let me check the studio here. Thank oh, you.
2: Yeah, you sorry, I don't know what happened there. Um, so, I'm good. Can, you can hear me?
0: We can yeah, hear you perfectly I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Um, so, I was saying that I actually had two questions, so i got to choose between one for the sake of time. So, um, with, you know, you're we have our upcoming school year coming up, and there has nationally been so much tension, with, you know, uh, uh, racial tensions, different things that are coming up for our communities or society, how are you going to address that when you start this season off? That's a good question.
1: Um, I can speak to, like, this week, for example. Um, I know that there's a lot of young people who play football uh, in all ages, Uh, Right now, I'm intimidated and and scared of police officers. So one thing that we're doing is we finish our camp each night this week with a conditioning segment. And it's kind of a fun conditioning segment. Every single coach and every single high school player is there. And we've got, like, six segments that the kids all run through, like an option course. And so each coach and player is there alongside them, and they're just encouraging them and having a good time. we got 110 little kids in uniforms and helmets just running around doing these crazy things. And so what we're going to have happen this week is, in part of that, we're going to have uh, officers in uniform staying alongside these kids on the, the outside of these drills, encouraging these kids. Um, we've got churches coming in that are going to bring watermelon and serve food with the kids being the, the camp. Um, you know, again, social media has a way of, of, of spoiling a lot of great things that I think people do on a regular. And uh, I know that just this past week, one of our football players was at a lacrosse camp, and his mom and him took a break to go to lunch. And uh, during the lunch, he's just him and his mom, two police officers came up to him and asked him if they could sit down and have lunch with him. Um, and I love this mom and I love these uh, her boys dearly. And they're wonderful, well-rounded, highly educated, smart young men um, who come from a single-family home, mixed uh, family. They're just exceptional kids. And of course, they, they obliged and they sat down and, and Dan had a wonderful time with these police officers. And she shared that on social media. The unfortunate thing is, is that that happens on the regular. It happens a lot, and people just don't see it, or they're not aware of it. And We need to help people see that. I'm not going to, i I literally will not sit there and tell me about players and people in our community that they have not experienced the things they felt they've experienced. Because in the world they live in, the culture they live in, they may have experienced it truly. But what I'm going to try to do, what we will try to intentionally do, is help them see a very different first picture or a different vibe of things. Um, and also in that we are all very different people, um, but we also can't equally love each other the same way in that, you know, loving someone doesn't come with a certain color, doesn't come with a certain social economic prowess, uh, doesn't come with a certain education level. It's something that you personally decide to do, and uh, obviously, the more that I love on someone, the better I feel about myself uh, and the better I feel about the situations around us. And so, ultimately, we're going to try to project these types of opportunities to our kids and our community, uh, but more importantly, you think, as a leader of our program and the mission we're trying to have, I've got to really model the love that I want and expect our kids to have. And so, it starts with me first, and then hopefully it will train them down.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
0: Did you have a second question?
2: <laughs> I well, I know we don't have much time, so I, I, that's why we—he'll be back next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you might forget your question by then. Well, you know uh, I
2: won't. I will not. Because I, I really want you to come back and talk about the success of the summit, the impact of this year, and the challenges that you face. because I, I believe it's a different year. And your faith will be tested in many ways over this next year. But I, now, I really I, look forward to coming back.
1: And I should say that the one thing that I did leave out that I think is going to be a key part of what we're doing, as you know, we've discussed in other uh, shows We have an initiative where we have a character development program. We call it Cavalier Time. And uh, we've tried a lot of different models. It's always been existent. We've always had it since I've been there. Uh, But we've tried different ways to make it work. And uh, we have have gotten in our our draft a character coach, someone who's going to be there every Monday, him alone pouring into our 100 athletes, um, you know, for 45 minutes of time. And um, speaking about relative topics that will pertain to these kids lives. Um, they'll be at practices regularly, not coaching football, but kind of giving that attaboy and, and encouragement these kids oftentimes need that sometimes the coaches can forget about being on the sidelines. His church and him will be representing themselves in our program this week by serving like a fed watermelon and fruit to the kids as they come off the field during um, the practice this week. But that's a key component that I didn't want to leave out because uh, Ed Sullivan is a wonderful guy, and I'm so blessed and we're excited to have him aboard with us. And uh, that's another key point that I think is going to be a huge aspect to help us tackle some of the issues that we're, we're encountering with the, the, the dissension that we have amongst people for a variety of reasons. And uh, I, am, I am more than confident that him and his capabilities and his faith will, will help us. Uh, you know, develop a kid who's who's more loving and uh, spiritual towards one another and towards the people in our community. you
0: have got about a minute and a half left.
2: Man, I don't get to do my okay. So I'm going to close out then. Rick, thank you so much for being with us for our listeners. You know, Rick is favorite guest guest that we have on the show because he walks his talk and he's you know he stands by everything that he believes in. But you know, football and football you got to learn how to pass the ball. you got to be able to get it down the field. But too many people in life are holding on to the football. They're not learning and knowing when and how to pass it. And that's what Rick's programs are all about, teaching the leadership and teaching you the when and how. So I hope you've enjoyed this show today and that you think about how are you passing the ball in life. Thank you so much for being with us, Rick.
1: Thank you for having me again. Thank <laughs> you.
2: Carolyn, yes.
0: you want to get your contact info all out real quick and the minute we have left? All
2: Five
0: right, a you can find me, me
2: on social media, primarily on Twitter at Carol R. Owens, on Instagram at Carolyn R. Owens, and you can email me at cowens at infinitycoaching.net or go to my website to find all about me and what I do at infinitycoaching.net. And Mark?
0: If it ain't broke.
2: Make it better. Have an awesome last week, everyone.